by the power of numbskulls. Hey, it's three grown men talking about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Next. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener. Welcome to another episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to dive right into He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, what are three grown men doing talking about a cartoon from the 80s? Well, A, that's just kind of what we do. It's our bag. But also, uh, B, this suggestion comes to us straight from one of our dear listeners out there in podcast land. A fellow named Robert sent us a lovely list of show ideas. One of them was the Masters of the Universe movie from 1987. And we kind of like that idea because it's based on one of the most ginormous boffo toy line slash cartoon advertisements ever uh, to come out of the 80s, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. The show doesn't make a lick of sense. It's some uh, doofus dweeby Prince Adam guy who raises his sword, says the magic words, and then basically just is imbued with magic powers and becomes the strongest man ever. Uh, he's fighting against Skeletor, a skull-faced baddie who has minions that want to take over Eternia through a castle named Grayskull. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's basically just designed to sell toys. Mattel made billions on this thing, and then it just died. And then ever since the 1980s, they have been trying to revive it in a movie reboot. So that's really part and parcel of what we're going to talk about today. The entire oeuvre of He-Man in the Masters Universe. And if you want to send us other suggestions, uh, you can email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at MagHuge. We're on Facebook, Magnificent Huge Podcast. We're on Instagram. We are even at our website, maghuge.com. We are also on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc., etc., etc. So thanks for listening. Send us those suggestions. And, uh, well, let's get right to it, because by the power of Grayskull, I'm excited. Let's just get to it. Okay, thanks. And we're back to Magnificent Podcast. <laughs> you know where you are. You know what you're listening to. And we're happy to Do have you. Do you, though? Well, I don't, don't know where I am. Okay. Well, uh, then let's explain it. This is a, a podcast called Magnificently Huge. And we talk about okay. bullshit all the time. And it's podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I said podcast. Okay. Uh, and this is Chris, one of your three hosts. And this oh. this is Eric. I'm I'm like a friend of his. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm Brian, and I'm confused. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. It's- together, together, we're a podcasting tripod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our gimmick. Yeah. We don't have a gimmick except that we're lame. Yeah. <laughs> That's our gimmick. How are we this week? Thank you. Good. Glad Yay, to hear it. Great. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm trying not to be distracted from the fact that the Russians have been paying for the deaths of American <sighs> soldiers by the other fact that the President of the United States tweeted a white power video today to distract from that. Yeah. It's, it's always so, amazing you know, that his, his main goal is to distract 
from the distractions with other distractions and it's all just equal bullshit. It's like, I don't understand the thought process, but whatever. I'm not president, I guess. The the thought process is if there's, if you, they literally call it flood the zone with shit. And if you flood the zone with shit, the press can't like deal with any of any, any one thing that would normally take out a president. Yeah. There's one every day, so you know you can't. It's astonishing. Um, it's astonishing. You know, I think the problem is: look, we're we're an online society now. Having a front page with a lead story is an issue. What we need are different journalists to specialize on different kinds of his bullshit, and then say, "Okay, here are the six fucked up stories today. You pick." <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. But whatever. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm in Arizona where we've got record numbers of COVID cases well, this week. Everything's bigger in Texas, so I think we can uh, up, oh. up your ante there. Our, you've our, got that really great uh, uh, attorney general, I believe, or secretary of state, I'm not sure, but the one who said that uh, some things are more important than living, like, say, the oh, economy. That's, our, that's hilarious. That's our douchebag lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. Uh, but we also have our attorney general, Ken Paxton, who is, has ever since he's been attorney general has been under indictment for fraud. So that gives you an idea of where Texas is politically. And then we have our governor Abbott, who was the first to jump on the Trumpy bandwagon to reopen the state back in May. And who knew that was going to be terrible idea? Everybody, but Greg Abbott, apparently. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's rolled back his reopening bullshit and has uh sort of put us into a mini lockdown but mm. you can't put that genie back in the bottle so now we got all these knuckleheads i can't wear a mask because Ari- i can't breathe blah, blah, blah. so yeah that's where we arizona are. governor doug douchey is is much uh more savvy in that like when we did our quote-unquote lockdown pretty much every business was exempted but we did a lockdown and then this week he comes out and he's like, okay, we're going to pause the reopening by doing absolutely nothing yeah. specific. He gave no change. Yeah. Just, you know, we're pausing. And it's, and so he just, yeah. he's Hooray! like trying to play both ends. Yeah. He's, it's, yeah. he's a weasel. So thanks for playing this week in COVID. Everything sucks. Life is shit. Life is shit. The world is shit. It's been a while since we played that. Yeah. So yeah, we were we were passing by a Chick Fil A yesterday, and uh, uh, my wife busts out some nights of rap with chicken and hate, chicken and hate. I want to make that. Yeah. Right. Chicken, chicken, buns, buns, buns. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Well, <laughs> wow, that that is yeah. okay. I I don't know how we top that, but I think we need to let's get take, on with the show. Take a fresh shit. Our, yeah. yeah, let's just do some fresh, fresh shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> this shit is fresh. For those of you who are new listeners, fresh shit is when we talk about the shit we've been watching recently. Yeah, this is just our impromptu talk about stuff we haven't prepared for. That's you know. It's like hanging out with us on a regular. I've got some fresh shit I'd like to share. Oh, hit us. Well, tell us about it. Okay. Well, after uh, last week's show, I went back and watched uh, the other two RoboCops. Yeah. And uh, I maintain RoboCop 2 is not bad. It's not as good as the first one, but it's not bad. It has the third one. 
isn't as bad as I remember oh. it. Oh. But I think it's because I just watched the second yeah. one, and all movies in the early 90s are kind of shit. Uh, I'll just <laughs> say fuck off on that one, because RoboCop 3 was like a lobotomy on film. <laughs> uh, it's literally if they had only done some real murder yeah. you know it's like they made it PG-13 they put a cute kid in one of the leads uh, Robocop himself has got the interchangeable weaponry on his fucking arm so they can sell more goddamn toys but I'll reiterate any flaws. Yeah, any flaws but I'll reiterate they promised us ninjas didn't deliver they promised us flying and they only sort of delivered it was just a letdown from start yeah. to finish the one the one interesting sort of uh I don't know. Kowinky um, uh, Dink here is that, like today's movie of discussion, he hardly shows up in yeah, it. Yeah, really. I mean, it's like a RoboCop movie, and 20 minutes in, there's still no RoboCop. We're still <laughs> yeah. dealing with tertiary characters we don't really care about yeah. and who don't have interlocking guns instead yeah, of hands. It's like they went, uh, we couldn't get Peter Weller, so what the hell are we going to do? Let's just pad right. this thing. Pad it. Yeah. So it's good viewing if you've like, you know, like like watched so much Netflix you have nothing yeah. left. I like, uh, but otherwise, yeah. I like that you <laughs> you waited to watch the RoboCop stuff until after we did our show about RoboCop. <laughs> well, I had to. I didn't do, but that's the thing. That show was just about RoboCop one versus the other RoboCop reboot. Okay, and. And so I had to get stars this week because of your fucking pick. <laughs> and once I had it, I could watch RoboCop. I, I, I think stars should sponsor us yeah. because, you know, so much of what we no, end up watching, I have to get no like out. Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I ponied up for the, just the add on to Amazon. Cause I'm like, well, shit, half the stuff we watch is on here. So I might as well just keep it. It's so obnoxious. Yes. <laughs> so, stars, this is the first and last time we're mentioning you until we get some movie. Yeah, really. Okay. So, help us out, dude. Also, Blue Apron. If you no, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't watch any movies on Blue Apron, but yeah. that's just me. Oh, and the other thing I watched, the actual. I gotta suggest this. It's really great. Um, apparently it came out last year, but it's on Netflix now. And this is the first I'd heard of it. The death of Stalin is really good. It's funny. I watched that one a few weeks ago. It's, yeah, yeah, it's topical. Uh, and the thing is, it's all basically true. They, they compressed it for time, but all of that insane shit actually happened. They didn't call for a doctor for Stalin because they were afraid to go in to his room. Uh, they didn't have a doctor for Stalin because he had started a purge of the doctors because he thought they were all Jews. And so all of the doctors who were good enough to help him were in gulags. Yeah. You know, it's... So this is like a time capsule from the future just about Stalin instead of... Oh, anyway. Yeah. I've said for years that, uh, you know, President Mr. Tomato Head is actually Stalin, not Hitler. Yeah. It's... And... This kind of bears it yeah. out. Well, it's funny too because that's the one where Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev, and they don't, and yeah. he doesn't bother to well, use a, a Russian accent or anything. It's just hilarious. <laughs> well, I, I again, I you take like a New Yorker to, Khrushchev. Yeah, this is Buscemi. I, yeah. I, I object to any movie where they are, you know, the characters are speaking English, but they're supposed to be speaking a foreign language, yeah. and for some reason they have an accent. You shouldn't have yeah. an accent. You shouldn't have any yeah. accent. But it's... We don't, you know, we don't speak English with 
you know, an American accent. We just speak English. Yeah. So you're saying when, that you would prefer that Tom Holland's Spider-Man had a British accent? Uh, no, because he's a, a, a British guy playing an American. Yeah, right. That's fine. But if if okay. it was you know a Russian production, I guess of hmm, that does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, Russian production of Spider Man with a Russian actor. He should not have an American accent. He should just say his fucking lines. What is great is Jason Isaacs as uh, <laughs> yes. General uh, General Zukov. Yeah, I was going to mention. Um, he does have change his accent. He's the only one. He's British. But he changes it to sort of a uh, a Midlands accent, which just makes him sound even more like a thug. Yeah. It is so brilliant. Yeah, but it's the some of the lines he has in that are so. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull clips. Yeah. But yeah, that's like this. Yeah. But it's a uh, or yeah. this. <laughs> but it's uh, done by Armando Iannucci, the same guy behind Veep, uh, and in the thick of it, and such. So he's very good at those political satires but yeah when i saw this in a couple months ago i enjoyed it immensely so yeah it's fun yeah i i cannot recommend this enough it is it is so awesome um yeah that's what i got i don't actually have a lot because you'll be surprised most likely given our show's subject that i actually spent most of my time doing goddamn research for today's show that's um, awesome. So I'll talk about a couple of a couple of things. Um, the number one show on Netflix this week is called "The Floor Is Lava." I saw that. What yep. the fuck is that? It's American Ninja Warrior, except worse. Is it real lava? Because right? like, that's the only reason I no, would watch. It's like water and <laughs> the sets. I mean, it's oh, it's it's dumb. Yeah, you know, it's it's like. You know, that Nickelodeon, like, Legends yeah. of the Hidden Temple or something, okay. except worse. Okay. My wife says they wouldn't have made this without that episode of Community, and I kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, I mean, and, and it's just got this announcer who's, like, trying to make it, he's, like, shouting at you the whole time. It's like, I am not that excited, dude. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they, they are rolling into the, the realm of, like, old Japanese game shows almost. That's what yes, it feels like. Yes. So. That, well, they have Ultimate Tag, which I haven't watched yet, and I'm like, what's next? Like, Hide and Seek? <sighs> Extreme Hide and Seek? Uh, yeah, who knows? You know, Heads Up, <laughs> Seven Up? I mean, it's uh, just... Anyway. Yeah. It's like they need a game uh, show where it's just like they ask a question, if you get it wrong, they whack you in the balls. I mean, that's literally all that all well, boils down gonna to. Well, if you're going to do like the full theft of a community, they should do uh, Paintball University <laughs> where you just have like an entire campus and like a crowd of people fortniting each yeah. other with paintball yeah. guns. That would be fun. Uh, Maybe you could use like an old abandoned uh, Soviet city, you know, and <laughs> yeah. just, just, just run around uh, Pripyat with, you know, radiation detectors and, you know, it's like the game only lasts an hour because, you know, otherwise you'll get Dude, cancer. you need know. to pitch that to Fox. I'm telling you. But Gold yeah. mine. Gold mine. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of follow up on last week. I was sort of talking about how E3 is no more this year, and I couldn't even remember any games worth mentioning. Um, I remember two games I want to mention. Um, both of them involve some pretty weird creature design. Um, the first one is called The Eternal Cylinder. 
And the Eternal Cylinder, have you ever heard of a game called Spore? Yeah, no. The Eternal Cylinder is Spore on Acid. So you play what looks very much like an anthropomorphized scrotum uh, that evolves. <laughs> I'm in. And <laughs> Say no in more. a world full of crazy I am monsters that have like mouths in the wrong places. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there, Brian, because uh, obviously you had both me and Eric at scrotum. Yeah, yeah. well... But, but did I mention the eternal cylinder? No one knows what it is or where it came from. They only know that it cannot be stopped. The, the eternal cylinder, which is, is this giant lava cylinder <laughs> that goes all the way up to the sky and that rolls over the entire world, destroying everything in its path. So you've been on a, like a lava theme kick for the week. I, apparently. Okay. No, I don't know, but... Okay. This this is an inspired game design. The people who have, I mean, go watch the trailer for the Eternal Cylinder and tell me these people don't have drugs uh, and ideas, but but drugs. Eternal Cylinder of the Spotless Mind. Yes. <laughs> and then the other totally screwed up <laughs> game about creatures. There was a game called Octodad. Uh, do you do you remember that? <laughs> Octodad? I, Octodad? I just want to ruminate on that name for a second. That's 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 so dope. So Octodad <laughs> belongs to a category of games called Fumblecore, where the controls are deliberately like very difficult, and the entertainment value is fucking up all the time. So Octodad was a game about how you were an octopus trying to impersonate a human dad, and you were obviously an octopus, but nobody in the game seems to notice. All right. That sounds um, suspiciously but, like the th the uh, the plot to Penguins of Madagascar. I mean, it, uh, sure, <laughs> but these the developers of Octodad have a new game, and it is messed the hell up. It's called Bug Snacks, and Bug, <laughs> bug snacks. snacks. Okay, Bug Snacks. Check the trailer out for this. Basically, think. Um, Think the sequel to Cloudy of, with a chance of meatballs and that you've got a whole bunch of anthropomorphized food. So you've got, like, hoagie sandwiches sliced up walking around with a bunch of centipede legs and eyeballs or strawberries with cute little eyes. But like you do. your characters in this game eat the bug snacks, but then parts of their body become whatever they just ate. Like, you are what you eat. So... Like, the mayor of the town in the trailer comes up and complains that he's lit the whole town on fire because he dropped his torch with his stupid hot dog hands. And, yeah, again... You're just saying a bunch of words now. <laughs> no, this yeah. is an actual thing. Yeah. Bug snacks, and it has a great little song, which has been playing underneath uh, all of you this. You literally sound like Trump trying to answer what he's going to do for his second term. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm hearing right no, now. No, no, I am be more coherent be than bug that. snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those are my two games of not e3 for 2020 okay bug snacks and the eternal cylinder because the world needs more screwed up creatures yes i've often said that what do you got chris uh well just as a sidebar uh after last week's show when eric had brought up ninja 3 the domination uh i didn't go watch that but i did go back and rewatch the documentary on canon films electric oh, okay. boogaloo 
which chronicles their rise and eventual just demolishing fall. Kind of a great way of understanding their uh, uh, catalog without actually having yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's, it's a good way primer. Way get all the good parts and yeah. <laughs> yeah. have to sit through all the garbage. Because there's a, a lot of shit that they did. Uh, but I'd forgotten that <laughs> Menachem Golan uh, did the movie The Apple, which is on Amazon Prime, and it's one I have circled for months now, but I have yet to pull the trigger. But it's like this weird future disco, Zardazi, like I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, so that was again. You're saying Zardazi, <laughs> like that has meaning to anybody who's not you. Zardoz, Zardoz. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Zardoz is. I know what Zardoz is. That's if, that's a movie. If you, and a half. if you haven't turned this shit off already at the mention of uh, you know snack creatures, yeah. you, you you then <laughs> you're, you're you're down yeah. with Zardoz. Well, I will say Zardoz is also on Hulu right now, so you can make it a twofer if you really wanted to. Uh, God, but yeah, so Zardoz is great, especially if you have the right drugs. <laughs> yeah, you need drugs yeah. for Zardoz. Like Sean Connery in a fucking diaper for the whole movie. It's amazing, and a big head flying around. <laughs> Show me what you yeah. got. <laughs> so, so I was just astonished at the number of canon films that I have seen. Because, you know, grew up in the 80s, that sort of thing. Because it's just stuff you forget about. And you're like, oh, what the? I forgot all about that one. Yeah. So, what are some highlights? Uh, I, I forgot that they went out of the gate and did like 10 sequels to Death Wish. Uh, and yeah. that Alex Winter mm. from Bill and Ted was in like the third or fourth one as one of the street thugs. Uh, that's just astonishing in and of itself. I'm picturing Death Wish 6 starring Alex Winter. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That now. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, but then there's all... Invasion, Invasion USA. USA. That was one of which theirs. The, I forgot this. When they filmed Invasion USA, It's they found like a, a subdivision in Atlanta that was basically bought out by the city because they were going to turn it into an extension for the airport runway. So it was just a bunch of empty houses and they got permission to blow them all to hell for the yep. big finale. Oh, so they're literally blowing up real houses for the end of Invasion USA. It's astonishing. Uh, wow. But yeah, you go through their, uh, their rise, their expansion, and then their just tremendous fall. When they did the movie we're doing today, Masters of the Universe, but also uh, Over the Top and Superman 4, uh, where they thought that was going to just push him over the edge and take him into the 90s. Yeah. It's just, a, uh, it's amazing. So, that's a fun one if you can find it, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, so what, yeah, is it called Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, it's Electric Boogaloo. Where did, the, where did you see it? Uh, I found it on YouTube because it's no longer on Netflix. So, it's out there. Mm. So, Find it where you Worth will. pointing out, the Boogaloo Boys, the sort of right-wing uh, uh, Nazi hate group, they got their name from Electric Boogaloo. Which is so dumb, because that is the most not-racist movie ever. I know, it's so I know. Stupid. I think they're making some kind of dumb joke about... Or know, maybe... No, yeah. Civil War II Electric Boogaloo, that's all it is. Or maybe they're just... That's, uh, they're as obsolete as uh, breakdancing, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I th- I think it's some kind of you know comment on urban culture and haha fuck maybe you. something really like lame, well no but... it's just Civil War two yeah Sorry. we're not we're not we're not in favor of Boogaloo Boys or right wing uh, hate Nazis we just like goofy movies. yes boy do we <laughs> ever which uh, the that's the the civil unrest thing that's a nice segue into the other thing I watched this week uh, which was the HBO 
series, The Watchmen, uh, that ah that they did. Okay, last so now year. we're all we've all done Watchmen. Yeah, because I hadn't. Are, are we gonna I, I are we gonna put a spoiler bump here? Uh, maybe. Yeah, might as well. Just in I think case. we can. We find. Have you yeah. seen the whole thing now, Chris? Yeah, I watched. I binged it. That was one of the few things lately that I have I've binged. Okay, spoilers for Watchmen. Finally, <laughs> this shit is spoiled. Spoilers. Can I assume that since today's subject is fucking He-Man Masters of the Universe, we're only going to need like five minutes for that? <laughs> oh no. I would pull Chris Ryerson on it this one. It sounds like today's so. fresh shit is going to be a nice one. No, no. Ball, I, we, we, can, we can draw out the Watchmen, but uh, I will say this, that I loved it way more than I thought I would. I really went right? into it sort of tepid, going, yeah, whatever. It got a lot of hype, but it can't be that good. And I was astonished. It For the first seven episodes, it is some of the most amazing television I've seen in forever. And then it kind of goes off the rails for the end. And I was sort of... It was, it was disappointing uh, that they ended it the way they did, but it wasn't terrible. But after you get that one-two punch of those middle episodes where they do the origin story for Looking Glass... Which mm-hmm. was just a gut, then, a gut punch, and then they followed up with hooded the, the hooded justice one, which is just the, the most intense episode of television I remember seeing in forever. And that thing just was wrenching from start to finish. And then they kind of wrap everything up on the next two episodes. So it was so basically know. once Doctor Manhattan shows up, you're like, eh, yeah. I'm not when they it. when they got to the episode where it's uh, a god walks into a bar. Or a bar, depending mm-hmm. on, because he literally runs into a character named Angela Abar. Uh, I sort of went, "Oh, that's the master plan. That's what they're going for." Well, okay, I guess. Uh, but then they poke fun I, of it at the end when uh, Osmandius is in his lair, and the Lady True comes in and tells him, "Well, but it's really just a rerun." And that's like almost like they were just making a comment on the fact that they were just repurposing the same thing, you know? So. I I thought they did a good job though of you know they're they're when you when you deal with Doctor Manhattan you have to deal with a character who is experiencing all of time at the same time yeah and I thought that they did a good job of representing that um, in television form uh, I thought they pulled that off I t- I mean it, I just didn't like Lady True really I Our mean Big Bad kind of sucked yeah it was sort of uh just lackluster when you find out that she's the actual ultimate baddie running the whole thing. Uh, so it was kind of a, uh, I kind of saw that coming. I got to be honest. Yeah. I, the whole time I was like, okay, what's her connection to Ozymandias? Yeah. Well, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the thing that like, I don't know. I, I, I did not, I gotta be honest. I did not care for it. I, I, there, there's a lot in there to like, but ultimately I was like, yeah. Uh, why don't you just you know, do the actual Watchmen correctly. Yeah. Well, know? that was the thing. Um, yeah, I agree. Because when I came off of it at the end and everybody sort of is split on whether they would want a continuation or not, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think you would want to do to no. something like this. I think he, he made the right call not to do another one. But then I thought, well, what would they do? I'm like, well, they have this format, this nine episode television thing. It's like they could totally go back and redo the Watchmen proper. You know what I mean? So I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, uh, that guy cannot do anything 
Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, yeah. lost uh, the the what the left behinds or the leftovers or whatever yeah. that was. It's like everything he does. Yeah, it's they give him a season two and he just fucks it all up. I think he got it right and said, no, 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 I'm just going to do one season yeah. and then I'm going to run from. Yeah, it was, well, I mean, well Watchmen. Done. One of the reasons it's Watchmen is because it is intricate and you know it's like a clockwork. And yeah, you kind of need to know your whole story in order to do Watchmen justice. Yeah, right. So and so they have what is essentially a sequel to both the movie and the comic. Yeah, book. Mm-hmm. that's 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 confused as fuck. I mean, well, but that's it's it's kind of like they didn't even set their own uh, mythology. They were like, look, you know, basically the Watchmen. If you've seen the movie and or read the comic yeah. book. So, hey, fuck. Well, it. I felt like they were I, doing I it more like this was based that. on the comic. Uh, yeah. Because that I was don't all. I really feel the movie there. Yeah. Because it was all Snyder who said, well, let's just remove the, the most intricate uh, and astonishing thing from the graphic novel. Just remove it completely uh, and just pretend yeah. it never happened. I, that always bothers me when I see the movie. And that shot of the squid yeah. in the, the Looking Glass episode. Yeah. Wanted that in the movie so badly. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's sort of, yeah. yeah, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the fans, I guess. Uh, but I liked it because I call it sort of a remix, not a reboot. And I, I bought into it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I thought they did it admirably. So I think the thing is, like, I really liked the characters in this show. Like, I thought Silk Stocking 2 was, as an FBI agent yeah. who hates masks, yeah. Yeah. was fucking great. And I love Gene yeah. Smart in. She, was she is awesome. just awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. and she's also the comedian, uh, I, basically, right? Like, she's her father and her mother. Yeah. 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 And and uh, what was his name? The uh, um, ref, the reflective costume Looking glass. Looking glass. Yeah. Looking Mirror glass. guy. He was great. Mirror what a, guy. What a great new, new character. It's like there was all sorts of good stuff in this character-wise, and then they tied it into a Watchmen-like story that, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think, I think the it problem felt with it a little pushy. Yeah, the problem with it might be that they tried too hard to stitch it to not even necessarily to Watchmen, but to the Minutemen, right? Yeah. So, and I guess to to watch once you get to Doctor Manhattan and and Ozymandias stuff at the end, but it's like it almost would have been better to bring these characters in and then have Watchmen the next generation and just do something at that level that isn't as tangled up in what came before well but they could also be making a statement on how the mythologies that we create anyway are always all-encompassing and entangled uh it's almost like they were sort of doing hey the romans they got all their gods but hey let's be real they lifted them all from the fucking greeks i mean that was sort of the vibe Mm -hmm. i was taking from it it's sort of a, a weird meta statement whether that's implicit or accidental i don't know but that's sort of what i read into it uh, so it's always an intriguing take uh, when you take this sort of universe uh, and they've expanded out. So I liked it. I guess. I guess ultimately the question is: is what Alan Moore did about an intricate story about characters, or you know what? What is it that that? It's like you could pull on any one thing from that comic and make it into a show, yeah. and ignore a lot of what Alan Moore did that was so great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But there again, Alan Morris, like, I, I made it as a comic book because it's supposed to be a comic book, so yeah. cut the shit. <laughs> you know? Well, stop making adaptations of my stuff. Yeah. But, I mean... Well, and, 
and this isn't an adaptation, right? It's more of a TV show that Insp- about race yeah. that's set in that universe. Inspired by. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's... Eh, is the sequel an adaptation? I think it is. Eh, it can be. Uh, but I think it just it used the sandbox and it, and it used it well. Uh, but right. it's not something that I think we need to see repeated, so... Like, I know V for Vendetta was about the George W. Bush administration, and he was like, this movie sucks because what I did was about Thatcher, and, you know, you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. trying to make it about this, this douchebag who's your president. Yeah. Well, I will just say that uh, the story was engaging. Uh, it definitely was a jagged little pill from start to finish, uh, and the cast was just incredible. And I especially give him kudos for casting... Uh, Bob Benson from Mad Men as the evil senator because anytime he shows up in anything, you're like, there's just something off about this guy, and he's gonna be a fuck up somewhere. <laughs> that's and that's what I was waiting for because at some point when he, just, when he was monologuing at the end when they had captured uh, Gene Smart's character, and uh, I just waited for them to go, "How you doing today?" I just wanted to go, "Not great, Bob." I mean, that literally was the yeah. vibe from the whole thing. <laughs> So it was a very impeccable casting for that because he's just so skeezy, but in that really undefined sort of way, uh, it just that's his his shtick as an actor, and he's perfect for it. So yeah, it's good. But uh, I don't know. I liked it. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I don't know if I would watch it again anytime soon. All right, and I think that's the fresh shit. That is the fresh shit. do this to to talk about the 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 background though we did get an email from one of our listeners uh thank you so thank you listeners for sending us stuff and uh this was from uh shadow roar i can't i can't pronounce it's like a weird spelling anyway it's uh the guy's name is robert we'll uh we'll leave it at that it's not supposed to be shadow warrior warrior something like that like warrior but with the like our shadow warrior yeah I, I think know. it's just, it's, it's funny, but I'm an idiot, so I can't pronounce it. So apologies mm. there. Uh, but he sent us a nice list of show suggestions, which is awesome because we tend to finagle uh, stuff out of thin air from time to time. And one of them was one that uh, intrigued me because it really gave me uh, some, some glee internally. <laughs> that I could possibly force you guys to watch the Masters you of the Universe son of a bitch. <laughs> from, from 1987. Uh, so we can kind of... With a weird cast of people yeah. who we've seen in so much other yeah. shit. And Courtney Cox and Lieutenant Paris from Star Trek Voyager. That's the first thing that I went like, whoa. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so and, is it just the movie? Well, and then uh, we can talk about the movie, but I also wanted to sort of expand it out into just an overarching what the fuck is He-Man anyway kind of a thing because it's oh see i thought we were just talking about oh well we, okay. we can I, ref- we can reflect on all of it i expected chris was gonna go this way so i went down the he-man rabbit hole for this <laughs> I, stupid show i gotta be I, honest I, I i just sort of lightly touched on it but uh i i yeah. went through uh, so i watched i watched an episode of the original show i watched the toys that made us yes. about he-man which I, by the way is a great intro to this topic yes uh i watched the new she-ra princesses of power Ooh, 
Holy crap. Um, and I did some research <laughs> on the ongoing efforts to make a new movie, so I've got some stuff yeah. to talk about this you, time. You, Color, Chris impressed. Yeah, that's astonishing, because uh, I did most of that, but fuck if I'm going to get into the She-Ra. <laughs> so you won't up on you. That's good. Uh, so, yeah. So let's, I don't know, maybe we can do this literally uh, and just talk briefly. So uh, did we all watch He-Man the cartoon when we were children's? at all no i saw it it yeah. i was too old for it at that point yeah i think we all were yeah because it came it out was like the only thing that was on well it came right? out in like 83 like the fall of 83 uh and that's when i was first aware of it so we were all like 12 ish right um yeah i think i had moved on from cartoons but uh i was like the last cartoon i remember kind of being into was gi joe yeah, which came out of this around it came eric out eric had cable yeah well i so. did too in this at this point in time <laughs> late 83 84 i was i still had cable that was before we moved to phoenix uh so i got to watch this stuff but yeah i was always more of a gi joe kid gi joe came out like a week after he-man uh in 83 and then last a couple of years. But to give you an idea, contemporary shows of G.I. Joe, Inspector Gadget, uh, Voltron, Transformers, and then a couple of years later, you had like Thundercats and She-Ra and Robotech. So that's sort of the, the realm. But these are all shows that sort of learn their lesson from He-Man and are literally designed to advertise toys. Is that a fair assessment? That is, but the beauty yeah. part about it uh, if you watch the toys that made us, is that the show was kind of an accident. <laughs> really so was. the the one of the guys that's pitching this to all of the the toy chains, like first he pitches it to I can't remember the name of it, like Toy World or something. I don't know. They had a roller skating panda bear in their commercials. Yeah, it was like Child World or something. Child World. I, I guess it's an East Coast thing. Yeah. So this is at Mattel, and the boys' toys at Mattel are sucking hard because, you know, Mattel is all about Barbie and, and Hot boys' toys are all about Star Wars over at Kenner. And these guys, they design, you know, they design He-Man, which is basically a take on Conan. And they're pitching it to Child World and and they, they're like, well, what's the story? What are these characters about? And they hadn't given it any thought. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's like well we're gonna have a comic book yeah i love box. that story the, too all the, the people around him are just like dude dude what you know yeah. so because so now they've got these comic bullshitter. books yeah which are these the and then the comic books have no relation whatsoever to the tv show he-man None. is like a barbarian <laughs> yeah who goes to eternia and fucks shit up and then they, they're talking to Toys R Us, and Toys R Us is like, okay, so your target demographic is, is five? And they're like, yeah, he's like, five-year-olds can't read, dude. They can't read a comic book. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, well, I mean, did I forget to tell you about the two-hour-long specials we're making? Yeah. <laughs> the guy's amazing. He's like the king of bullshit. It was so funny to watch when him they, talk about it. When they make a biography of this guy, is it going to be called Cokie McCokers? Basically. <laughs> This I mean, is he's the kind just, of guy that that software developers hate, right? Yeah. He's like a sales guy yeah. who just commits the company to well, do shit that they well, don't have. You got to look at it this way: <laughs> is that uh, they Mattel was the first company that Lucas approached to do the Star Wars toys, but they wanted Lucas wanted such an, a massive amount of upfront cash 
that they said, no, forget it, because it's an untested movie. And then Kenner picks it up and just makes up a Jesus amount of money. So Mattel's like, oh, fuck. So then they start licensing all this other stuff. They do like the Flash Gordon toys, which tanked. They did Battlestar yeah. Galactica, which tanked. They did Clash of Titans, which tanked. So they're like, well, fuck this. We'll just do our own. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I can see where it was coming. Where he's like, "We really need to sell." So I'll say anything to get this thing rolling. <laughs> yeah. So they get filmation involved, and then suddenly we get the He-Man show. Yeah, from filmation. Uh, but I had always assumed that it was like this more cynical. Hey, you know the regulations at the FCC have been relaxed, and as long as you've got like a you know a lesson you're teaching the kiddos. So that you can claim it's somehow wholesome, yeah. you can pretty much just market your toys as TV shows. I mean, that was certainly in the mix, but that the Genesis was just this guy cornered, bullshitting his way out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, is well, so like, much better. Well, like he uh, he went, to, he got the meeting at at Filmation, uh, who had done the Flash Gordon show and and, and others, uh, and the Filmation said, "Well, two hour long specials, like for the almost the same amount of money, we can do an entire series." And that's like, okay, well, let's do it. Well, uh, and that's why it's, it's derived off of Blackstar, yeah. turns out. With the, the split Which, sword, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Which I remember actually being a fun cartoon, but then again, I was several years younger. Yeah. So right. it's... I liked Blackstar, and I think that was the same time as the Flash Gordon yeah, the, uh, the... cartoon miniseries, which was just awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because they recycle, because it's filmation, they recycle a lot of the same sound effects. Yeah. So it's you can always tell you're watching a filmation because it's just the character designs are just pretty much all of the same ilk and the sound is but, all the same. So yeah. Having having not, you know, watched it since it was on the air and I was a kid, you know, watching an episode of this thing written by DC Fontana, I might add. Um yeah. Well, she 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 had lots of relationships still from when they did the Star Trek cartoons. Right. Right, so DC Fontana, and, and it's it's a morality play in the end. You know, I mean, yes, there's monsters and lasers and swords and shit, but but ultimately the you know the message of the day is about how Orko didn't listen to the grownups, and like <laughs> you whatever. should respect the grownups because they know what they're talking about and quit being such a dumbass. Yeah, well, it's literally um, like every episode ends with one of the characters going, here's a one-line synopsis of the episode you just watched, and now here's the moral of the story that you should probably listen to so we don't get sued. Like the one where they do uh, yeah. with Ram Man, which is basically this like uh, dude with armor all over his shoulders and head, and he's really stumpy, and he just like rams into shit. The end of that episode, I would assume, is where this one came from, but he said, uh, just remember when you're on the playground, don't use your head like I do, because that's stupid. <laughs> And they don't want to get. <laughs> so you can tell them like, oh fuck, we better put something in there so nobody sues us. You know what I mean? So yeah. But <laughs> but what a genius conceit because now they've got this like sword and sorcery fantasy, but also sci-fi and monsters yeah. toy line, and they can just make up anything. And they did. And somehow oh, it fits. Uh, but I liked it. It's a really simple premise because it's set on this world called Eternia. Uh, and then there's this dopey Prince Adam dude who wears like pink, but he's just, he's built like a fucking brick wall. He's just enormous. Uh, and then when he holds aloft the sword of power and says, by the power of Grayskull, he's imbued with all of these, uh, super abilities 
And really the only thing that changes is that it's Prince Adam, but now instead of wearing the purple pink spandex, he's wearing like a loincloth and this like holster chest thing. Uh, and yeah. like boots, he changes into his into <laughs> yeah. his uh, male stripper. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically battle thong. Yeah, yeah, He Man has a battle thong. Yeah, right. It's like, like uh, like Clark Kent just takes off the eyeglasses. It's like, who doesn't know Clark Kent is not Superman? When is going? It's like, who doesn't know this is a la la. Uh, but so the opening monologue is him talking about this and saying he gets the power, uh, and then he turns his like scaredy cat giant green tiger into battle cat, and then there are only three <laughs> people that know his secret. Uh, the sorceress, man at arms, and Orko, and then they defend Grayskull against Skeletor. I think I think everybody knows the secret. They just don't want to say anything because <laughs> yeah. they don't want to be dead. Well, it's funny because you know? oh yeah, He Man, you're totally not that other guy who looks just like you and has a big dumb yeah. cat. No, no, well, no, if no, you no. watch a couple episodes, you realize that they they have this implied sort of uh, love interest between Tila and He Man, and she's always making moony faces and stuff. But Isn't she just she his sister. No, that's She-Ra. Tila is the daughter of Man at Arms, and okay. she's the one that. Somehow, that's... I still thought they were related. Somehow. No, because yeah, there's a lot of chemistry between. Yeah. I mean, he Man is a the animators were horny. This is a horny. Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty like all. Well, they're all based on like Frazetta paintings, the Conan stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've admitted and as you much. You can tell that they really loved heavy yeah. metal. Because there was, it, it was like a very budget heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. it's heavy metal for five year olds. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's also yeah, yeah. super gay, right? Yeah. Like the homosexual undertones in this thing are tremendous as well. It's, it's yeah. well, that's it's the thing kind is of there they, for people. They definitely yeah. make the Prince Adam alter ego very effete, uh, etc. But that's a weird part when you watch it as an adult. Like Tila makes Moony eyes at He Man all day long, but she treats Prince Adam like he's a fucking shit stained i mean it's like how can you not tell this is the same guy uh come on uh so yeah and then why not draw him a little different that would have been actually a much more interesting story yeah. if like yeah prince what's his face was like well, you know a dweeby douchey guy. well obviously maybe, it's a, maybe maybe a little fat. obviously it's a budget thing i mean come on well you just gotta recycle I wanna, frames i want to just talk about how he-man kind of ruined action figures for they like did. a good yeah. 15 years cuz they come out with these these big ridiculous, you know, steroid laden characters and they sell like hotcakes, but then that's what action figures suddenly become. And there was like a whole line of Star Wars toys where like Luke is like ripped like a motherfucker, you know, and it's like what the hell is this? Yeah. And it affected comics, like I think you can see Venom Coming from the same sort of like all of a sudden, every character just got super, yeah. super ripped. Well, that's the thing with that was funny when the Star Wars figures came out and they had like pecs. Muscles. Yeah, that was like, yeah. what Star Wars are you watching? Well, yeah. that's the thing that's funny is that they were trying to go after the Star Wars market, but they're like, so G.I. Joe's tiny, Star Wars is tiny. It's like, let's just make these things massive. And it was really a, a different toy on the market and i think that's what made it distinct and then they had the show which was a giant advertisement and etc uh and go from there yep did you any did so, either of you have any of the toys by the way no no, no i think i i think it's i had old. a i had a man at arms i think when i was 12 i got it for christmas or something and literally the only thing it was good for was they had the the 
the way you could twist it and had that like whip action yes. on the arms. That, that's literally that all it was good for. That was the genius thing. You got a ripped character that you can twist the torso and then he punches the other character. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's a great toy for little boys. Yeah. <laughs> also, Skeletor, sure. Buff-ass Grim Reaper, good yeah. character design, uh, right? Yeah. That, that works. It's... I I also kind of thought he was a uh, uh, He Man. Now that I think of it, was a uh, ripping off Stretch Armstrong. Remember Stretch yeah, Armstrong? A bit. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I think that's a subconscious thing. Because yeah, I didn't think about it until you just now said it. But now that's all. I mean, I there's can a say. bit of Hulk Hogan there, right? There's yeah. basically a bit of professional wrestling in general there. Yeah, they really just um, pulled pulled out the stops. Uh, but I think by making Skeletor so obviously evil, uh, they set the icon- iconography. And it just, it works. I don't know how to explain how it works, but it does. As you mentioned Hulk Hogan, I, I immediately am like, oh, oh, now I get the through line. Look at me, I'm totally not gay. That's like everything. <laughs> Brother. I'm not gay at all. Brother. Well, coming into the ring with a boa. Yeah. With a boa. <laughs> but I'm not gay. But I'm I, just marvelous. But I love the the... The obviousness of the characters. And the, in the toys that made us, they talk about how they would literally just kind of get drunk and come up with names for characters. Because it's like yeah. He-Man. It's so over-the-top <laughs> obvious. Uh, and then you've got Man-at-Arms. I wonder what he does. And then you've got Skeletor. Extendor. The skele- Extendor. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's like the... Ball tickler. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like like yeah well that's the thing is there's so many in there it's like how did they even get this through like there's one guy with a giant metal hand and they call him fisto it's like what oh, <laughs> what really? and then oh that's so oh yeah and, this is all gay porn. yeah and then there was another one i th- i don't know if it was ram man or another but uh i Ram yeah. Man. How did I not think of this yeah. before? So there's him. Ram but Man. then they had another it's one. It's all there if you want it to be there, Eric. Yeah. It's, it's a toy for all boys, <laughs> yeah. is what I'm saying. Ow. And they had another one that they were going to... Are you going to get some mud on your turtle helmet? <laughs> but they had another one that they were going to call Ball Buster until they came to their senses. They're like, no, that's that's too far. That's too far. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's just call him Sphincter Ass Man. I mean, just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then they did have one called uh, Stinkor, which is, I guess he just knew how to use his farts to <laughs> weaponize them. I mean, it's and like, they what actually the made fuck? the toy smelly and the yeah. whole factory was yeah. like disgusting, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The guy's like, yeah, it really did smell like dead people. That one <laughs> line made me laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just ridiculous. And then you've got uh, Tila. Like, everybody's got an obvious name, and then there's this girl, Tila. And I'm like, that's just a letdown. I feel bad for her. So, yeah. you know. Um, well, it's a female character. You can't work in any, uh, you know. Well, that's true. I guess, I guess homoeroticism into her, you know, backstory. Yeah. Cause you know, she's a girl. Well, I mean, yeah, you well, got, they just went for straight up eroticism. Like, like look at yeah. her boobs. Yeah. Oh my God. Her most defining feature are these ram horns <laughs> you know, around yeah. her boobs. Yeah. So hag hag friend yeah that's they could have called her hag friend. there you go yeah the beard that's Hagra. basically yes <laughs> Hagra. Hagra the beard uh so yeah so they made like a billion something dollars off of this toy line uh for like five years and then it just tanked uh like 86 i think they, they did like 400 million dollars and then by 87 it had dropped to 7 million 
That's literally how steep that drop off was. And then 87 was the year that the movie came out. It's like, how fortuitous. Let's have a. Well, they're trying to revitalize the brand. Like, so the the guys that worked on He Man, I didn't know this, they blame the She Ra people, which apparently was a whole other division at Mattel. That was the girls' toys. Yeah. And this, so they started making She-Ra, and they're like, you've emasculated He-Man. <laughs> yeah, and bullshit. Like the cartoon wasn't doing that just fine without yeah. their help. No, but what the, what yeah. the, the basic assessment was that they, they would just say, well, we need more toys in the, in the marketplace. And so some genius just said, well, let's do all these tertiary characters because they're cheap to make. They didn't keep making the main characters, and so the kids couldn't go out and start the actual set. And so it's basically, they just fucked it all up because they're like, man, we don't need to make He-Man or any of that stuff. Just give them like Cyclops. Yeah, they'll love it. Yeah. Manny faces. It's like, what in the hell? So Boner. Boner man. Yeah. Boner. <laughs> so, so then they make this movie uh, and make the same mistake because yeah. the movie doesn't really have the characters from the show that everybody was looking for, does it? Well, here's the deal. The first thing they fucked up was they didn't actually call it He-Man. They dropped that. They just call it Masters of the Universe, uh, right. which gave them. I think because they recognized He-Man's hardly in the. It's guy. a stupid well, yeah. name. He-Man is yeah. a stupid name. Come on. I know, Ugh. but that's the thing is, uh, they just. I don't know how the script got a green light because it's basically we're going to do this massive toy line as a live-action movie, uh, but. Let's not put it on Eternia and have all the fantasy shit. Let's uh, figure out a way to bring them to Earth so we can keep the budget pretty low and we can just get through this. the first mistake was you went to Golan Globus and you went to Canon Films (laughs) to make this thing. See, the thing is they they were really known for keeping it low budget. And I think this is the hill they decided to die on. Yeah. This, the star, the Superman movie, and... Over the top. Uh, one other... Over the top, Over the top, yeah. Where they were like, okay, we're getting into big budget, blockbustery kind of distribution yeah. models now. And just the uh, wrong three movies to do that with. Yeah. It was it was awful. But yeah, the, the choice to take it out of Eternia and then put them on Earth in some... I mean, I don't know what it was about the 80s. They loved that fish out of water storyline because it's in everything mm-hmm. from that era and so it i guess back they to the future they were well, just yeah, trying yeah that's I mean, what they're ripping and, on and crocodile, crocodile Dundee and coming yeah. to america and howard the duck and splash and et i mean the list is endless i mean fish out of water was your go-to plot device for the 80s when you didn't have right. anything else uh i'll bet it was screenwriters who just didn't understand the reagan era who were like okay this is what i think it's about yeah now I need a character in there to not know what it's about so I can explain the Reagan era yeah. to the I wouldn't be surprised no. if there was a script that took place on Eternity and people were like, dude, we have got to cut the budget on this thing. This yeah. costs a bajillion dollars. Well, can that's we, what I'm can saying. Can we somehow get them to, like, New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Eternia is one set and, like, some 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 hilly desert area yeah. in, uh, it, you know, East California. Yeah, it's like the throne room in Castle Grayskull, and that's it. And then I think, uh, yeah. And then rolling around in the dirt, I'm like, yeah. What? This is, yeah. yeah. So it's there's not a lot to Get work some with. Matte there. paintings, at least. <laughs> but they drop a bit. It's literally in media res. Like Skeletor has already taken the castle. He's got the sorcerer's hostage. And then He Man, Tila, and Man at Arms are wandering the desert and figuring out a way to get back in. 
they have dropped the character of Orko completely. Battle Cat is not in this thing. It's like they looked at a list of all the characters and go, who can we piss off the most? Let's get rid of that character. Let's get rid of that character. Let's get rid of that character. It's like, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. You just reminded me because they run into their first, their like wizard dwarf yeah. person. But what the first laugh I had at this movie was watching it where the titles come up. The Masters of the Universe. Starring Billy, Billy Barty. Barty. Yeah. First, first <laughs> He's like the first one. Billy Barty. Well, yeah. you gotta realize Billy Barty, yeah, of course. What? The Billy Barty vehicle we've all yeah. been waiting for. Well you gotta realize that Lundgren, <laughs> he had only really done Rocky Four. He was coming off of that. Uh I think so, Lundgren and Langella were ahead of the actual title, but yeah. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but Langella, I saw an, another dealio. Uh the Kronk was basically the whole shenanigans for movies and then how the remix are in development hell but langella basically said at the time his kid was really into he-man and so he wanted to do mm-hmm. something that he could show his kid and have his kid enjoy it he said so i'll be the bad yeah, guy yeah he's like so yes of course i'll do it he didn't even read the script and then he said at the screening his kid fell asleep <laughs> yeah so you know I, he's the and he's the only one who really brings yeah it. that's the yeah. thing even with all that really bad prosthetics where their mouths don't even yeah. move when they. It was cry. very. He's the one yeah. actor there who's actor yeah. acting. Well, he's, oh, he's yeah. chewing he's, some he's scenery. A huge ham. Yeah, and he I, went on I, record. He said it's his... my 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 daughter had a friend who was Frank Langella's niece growing up. Yeah, and they had like pictures of him in the house, and and it was like the family resemblance. I'm like your uncle Skeletor, huh? Well, he went on record and he said that's his favorite role that he's ever done. <laughs> God help him. Certainly the one he's the most famous for, I think. Yeah. So yeah, but- it's it's funny. But uh but yeah, so they drop him into Eternity and then they figure out some shenanigans with uh this you know, keymaker guy played by Billy Barty, and then I'm going I started looking at it going, did when they made Matrix Reloaded, did the Wachowskis just watch he-Man and go, oh, that's it. That's the crux of our uh, second movie right there. We got a, a guy who's got to find a key and go through. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I literally, my head just like mini-stroked. Oh, right. Just mini-stroked. Shit, so. right. <laughs> That's yeah. fucked up. I was like, come on. Uh, so then they, they zap him through the time tunnel, interdimensional hole, whatever. Uh, and then they land in with the power of music yeah, and they land in New Jersey. And then it's like, okay, the actual star of the movie is uh, Courtney Cox as a teenager, no, it's Tom Paris or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Robert, and yeah. And the guy from yeah, Duncan, McNeil. <laughs> yeah. The guy from Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah. Uh, and they find Surprise. this. Yeah. So they lose <laughs> the key and they have to go find it. And then these two kids find it in a cemetery and they think it's some sort of like keyboard from Japan. Uh, yeah. None of this oh, movie and, makes and sense. And the principal from Back to the Future is yeah, is James yeah. Tolkien. Yeah, who's in his yeah. normal? You bunch of slackers! <laughs> you bunch of slackers! I, this is a movie that was covered in uh, um, uh, How did this get made? Oh yeah, and they point out something I didn't get. You know, like like once I was watching this, I was like, oh yeah, they were right. These these side characters in the first act really love fried chicken no it's ribs it's I mean, fried. they are yeah. eating fried chicken like wow this is great fried yeah. chicken. I'm, I'm working at the fried chicken place and i'm gonna eat yeah. some of the fried chicken it's like jesus and christ calm down chicken what, what and hate Chick- yeah. Oh. yeah yeah thank you Ooh, call back <laughs> yeah and at one point they're like you know uh, uh what oh yeah that's right the exploding microwave 
happens because uh, Lieutenant Paris puts the uh, bucket of chicken in there. Yeah. At one point, the 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 man at arms, the e and them, they're 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 macking out on some uh, chicken and hate. Uh, yeah. and they find out that it's, it's chicken. find out it's yeah. animals and they gross yeah. out. Yeah. And then uh so yeah, so then Skeletor sends his minions, which are like the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back, but on a budget. I mean it's just uh and one of them is supposed to be Beast Man from the cartoon, but he looks nothing like him. And then like a couple other characters that aren't even in the cartoon. It's like so basically they're not <laughs> really bothering at this point. It's like we'll just we'll fix it in post, I guess. I don't know. And then they have their bounty hunter shenanigans, and then that's when I started going. Okay, so this is now sort of like the hidden, or I come in peace. I mean, and this is like literally every other shitty '80s aliens come to Earth movie, <laughs> starring uh, Dolph Lundgren. Starring Dolph Lundgren. Uh, and then they go through their shenanigans, and then. Finally, Skeletor shows up with what's supposed to be his armada, but it's literally like 15 guys. Like, his shock troops are 15 guys, and they all look like they were lifted out of Krull. Yeah, and they're just and they're just kind of wandering down the empty streets of New Jersey. Like, no one's really <laughs> yeah. concerned or calling yeah. the cops or reacting in any way. You yeah, know, it's, Skeletor. It's all- filmed at night for the big climax it's literally like is that the same set that they use for monster squad i'm pretty sure it is i mean it's just like the empty <laughs> middle of america main street it thing. actually looks exactly like the end of the sonic the hedgehog movie from last year hey well there you uh, go but yeah so they, <laughs> sonic ripped off it was Universe. actually very close to the first thor yes mm-hmm. that, yeah you know? that's that's uh the other thing that rippled out because i'm like did so did marvel just watch he-man and go, yeah, that's that's our well, plot right there. Uh, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. We're coming back. Anymore. We're coming back Maybe to that that's... when we get into the production turnaround hell yeah. of the next but, movie. But yeah. yeah. But the uh the the crystal key or cosmic key or whatever the fuck they're that's literally just the bifrost. So yeah, it that translates over to Thor. So now we got Matrix reloaded, we got Thor. I'm like, how many people watch this movie and went, Oh, that's awesome. We're gonna use that idea in our movie. I mean, it's like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Oh. And then there's just a bunch of shenanigans where they run around. Uh, they fight some aliens. It's really lackluster. Uh, and then they figure out a way. Nobody, nobody. Oh, yeah. And you've got all the stormtroopers like Star Wars, only they're black stormtroopers, but they have Darth Vader helmets. Yeah, they, and they, those are the only things that get shot or killed yeah. because we can kind of pretend they're not. People. Yeah, they look like right. the, sl- the Slayers from Krull. I mean, it literally like, oh, well, somebody's, yeah, somebody's got this line around. We'll just do this. And then, uh, I, they figure out a way to get back. And then there's like a whole subplot with the two kids and the cop played by James Tolkien, you slacker. And then somehow he gets involved with them and he gets zapped back to Eternia and starts blasting robots with his shotgun. And then, and of course, he thinks it's all awesome. Yeah. Why would I want to come back? This is <laughs> really? The shit. Look at this hot woman now. She thinks I'm a hero. I yeah. mean, it's just so. Oh yeah, and he—I think he says it that way, doesn't he? Look at this hot woman. Yeah. This, this, this oh, female God. who thinks somehow I'm awesome. I am staying in this place now. Here yeah. For the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so by the end, they're they're gonna do the last Starfighter bit where they go to send him home, uh, and. They, I guess they set the time back to before her parents died, but they're aware of it. And so she makes sure her parents don't die in the plane crash, thereby altering history forever. 
Uh, so the moral the, of the story, kids, <laughs> is if your parents die, you need to go back in time and not suffer any consequences. Yeah. And that's not unlike Back to the Future 3, where Marty McFly does not get into the car race that ruins his life. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Mm. So much going on. But yeah, basically, it's there, there literally is no real connection to the source material apart from just a couple of names and that's it i mean it's Giant just it, it's appalling and yeah the movie fucking tanked it's appalling. it tanked <laughs> it tanked bad it came out the same weekend i think as living daylights the bond movie with timothy dalton uh and that i can tell you right now is the one i went and saw that weekend so yeah <laughs> uh but I was well beyond He-Man age by the time this movie came out, so yeah. I, I didn't care. I don't think I saw it for years until I worked at a, the video store. And then I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. And I was underwhelmed. So, so this, this pretty well seals the fate of the He-Man Masters of the Universe toy line as well. Basically, yeah. they're still selling it to the same people. They're just selling them $90 <laughs> figures now. Yeah. Um, because oh, it's ridiculous. the same guys and older with more money, right? Well, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is they, they still kept it alive because in 1990, they tried a new Adventures of He-Man. Uh, where yeah, they, I mean, where they've they done... Re, like, they thinned them down things. a little bit and made them like, a, like an adventurer hero uh, kind of thing, and I guess that didn't go over well. And then in the early aughts, like 2002, they did another Master Universe where they did like a darker storyline uh, and took yeah. it more seriously, which is just odd to me. <laughs> it's like, why and, the fuck would you do that? And now it's in development with Kevin Smith because Kevin That's, Smith's going to be the showrunner for the new Keyman cartoon on yeah. Netflix. And the they, yeah. Though a Christopher Nolan reboot would be well, uh, well, well no, that's well, let the me thing. talk to you about that. Hold on, yeah. I went down a whole rabbit hole on this shit. So let me tell you this: that, that <laughs> there's there's a, a nice YouTube uh, thing. It's like yep. fifty minutes, about an hour called, long. Yeah. yeah, it's called "Canceled He-Man Movies '88 to 2018." It's by Super Void Cinema. That's what I watched, and I'm wow. pretty sure you might have seen I, that one too, then, Brian. Also, what I watched. So okay, let's, let's and let's, it. It literally we'll put a link to that guy's video in the show notes. Yeah, because so let's talk about some of the highlights here. Yeah, because it's packed right, so information. So the sequel, the sequel that they were planning to do, had Skeletor as a Hollywood movie executive and <laughs> He Man was... as a football player back on Earth. Yeah, in disguise. Which... That was like the third one. I think that was the planned third one. Uh, but, but then it gets to John Woo. John Woo is going to do the the Nolanized. Yeah. You know, gritty reboot with Nick Cage <laughs> as Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would have bought that for a dollar. And the script is called Gray Skull. Yeah. And the only well, reason it doesn't get made is that Fox has the rights to this and they also have the rights to Aragon. And they felt like they could only do one or the other and they decided to, to roll the dice on Aragon. And yeah. That didn't and, go so well. Yeah, and that went busto. And by that time, John Woo was like, eh, I'm bored with this. And yeah, so he so left. So then the, the rights go to Joel fucking Silver. Yes. <laughs> who's, who'd been trying to produce a movie based on the, the comic book, The Barbarian, from the original comic book. Um, but it dies at Legendary Pictures because they're doing the Conan reboot with Jason Momoa. Yeah. And then... Still later, they attach some other folks to it, and then it starts to become this like gritty Nolanized 
world. Right. No, that's where Grayskull really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which you're is right. they I had it slightly they, wrong. Where they all pitch it like it's sort of like a a Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones sort of thing, and it's like this super serious deal, and then they start working out uh, three part movies where it's the arc of the relationship between uh he-man and skeletor where they had started out yeah, as brothers because of course they're fucking blah, brothers blah, now blah, because blah, the villain blah. and the hero are always brothers now for some yeah. god awful stupid stop it stop yeah. it screenwriters just stop it yeah and so they're yeah. gonna do a serious take on a on a property that has character names like fister and Clamp Champ, <laughs> and Snake Face, and Mantena, and I mean, it's like, come on. I'm watching that going, who really thinks that He-Man needs a serious treatment? Yeah. Uh, so it dies, and it dies, and it goes through Warner Brothers, and it goes to Sony, and it, it goes through the guy who did G.I. Joe 2, and that falls apart. And then there's a guy, the guy who directed Kick-Ass 2, uh, yeah. Jeff Wadlow, who's like super passionate about it, and he's basically got a... Uh, take that he describes as being tonally consistent with like Guardians of the Galaxy yes. or Thor Ragnarok, which is appropriate. And which you know those things that made money. Yeah, yeah and the studio doesn't That's want a good it. Way to pitch anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but it was before Thor Ragnarok came out, so the studio is not seeing it. The studio wants Grimdark, so they they kick him to the curb, and instead send it over to goddamn McG. Um, exactly. Uh, who also fails to get it yeah. made, and then it goes to David Goyer, and uh, he supposedly almost, he's yeah. got some amazing script, and they're talking about which I doubt making the movie for 2021. Yeah, which you know that's I not going to happen because it's like, yeah, I've got this really cool character arc for Snout Spout and Grizzler, and they're gonna. <laughs> it's just come on. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a, a, a like a YouTube video of of McGee fucking up baking a potato. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the guy cannot do anything. Well, this well, this is the other weird connection when McGee showed up is because he used to do work on the show Chuck, and apparently Tom Paris, that actor from the '87 movie, uh, also directed episodes of Chuck. I'm like, oh, a lot of yeah. Them, yeah. I'm like, that's just okay. That's a weird sidebar. Uh, but yeah, and now it's. I don't think it's on again. I think it's back in development hell. But last year they had actually set up where they had a guy cast and they had a, mm -hmm. they had it. Sony had it slated for March of twenty one. Uh, yeah, and I then it, I doubt that's happening at this. Well, point. I think it's all off again. So basically, it's it's still in development hell. Uh, Fifteen twenty years later, and I honestly don't care. I don't need a man movie. <laughs> I think we're fine with the one we've got. Because it's an oddity and it's charming in its own way. If you approach it from that perspective, uh, it's definitely an '80s time capsule. But I don't think you need a serious take on him. No, I think if if you're if you're a studio head and you've got some yen to make uh, a He-Man reboot. Whoever you hire, give them a test first and just make sure they're passionate about this subject matter because yeah. there's no reason to make it for the money. You need somebody who is... Because I don't get it. I don't get He-Man at all, but somebody who does get it has a reason for it, and that's yeah. the person who should make the movie. Yeah. I, I <sighs> think the moment is gone. I think they they tapped into the zeitgeist with kids in the 80s and they they had muscle men and they gave them toys and then nobody cared after that and it's just the same people who are into it and and but, let's come up with something else yeah 
But well, I'm just saying. Th- I'm just saying. If you do make a He-Man movie, there's there is something there to somebody. I'm thinking of Batman. And after Batman and Robin, I was like, "Whoop, that's it. No more Batman <laughs> ever, yeah. ever, ever." And it's not even ten years later. Batman Begins comes out and says, "No, this is how you do it." Yeah, yeah. It's like if we'd have listened to Batman and Robin, we'd have said, "Oh, yeah." Well, I think, I think the guy you're <laughs> describing was the Kickass Two guy, Jeff yeah. Wadlow, who seemed yeah. super yeah. passionate about it, and they didn't they didn't give him that it didn't make his movie. Yeah, he's very sad. I'd be interested to uh, uh, read his treatment. It's see, leaked. You know, like it's on the it's on the internet. It's online. Yeah, you can find it. So uh, post a link if uh, we can find it. We'll try. Check yeah. the show notes. See if we <laughs> but, posted a link. Maybe we did. If, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so yeah. So <laughs> uh, I I gotta say I I appreciate uh, our viewer uh, sending us the suggestion, and I'm sorry if we shit all over it. Uh, <laughs> I but, think we did it justice. We did our homework yeah. on this one. Yeah, well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do what us. I expected to do, which was to come on this call and be like, "No, I didn't watch the fucking Masters of the Universe movie." I, <laughs> I, I got in there and got my hands dirty, yeah. people. And yeah. see, all I all I thought was the movie. Yeah. So uh, I I guess I I specialize. See, I, specialize. I think uh, like every He Man episode, Eric learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so if you've got show ideas, uh, like like our friend uh, the Shadow Royer, um, you know, you can reach out to us and you can make us watch things that we might otherwise have avoided. Uh, we read this shit. We do. And we pay attention. We do. Hit us up on Twitter. We love your ideas. We're at Mag Huge on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Magnificently Huge podcast. We're on Instagram. You can email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. and. Hey, you know, could you subscribe to the podcast? Could you share it? Because then, like, then you'll get all the old episodes. But if you don't do that, go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. You can find all the old episodes of the show there and links to our social feeds. And, yeah, send us a mail and tell us why haven't you guys watched Howard the Duck yet or something. Oh. And if you don't, I'll send my minions after you, <laughs> like butt store and and throat punch. Yeah. I'm and, not and long way uh. and consenting adults. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fisto, though. Fucking fisto. <laughs> fisto. <laughs> fisto. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>